0: Alright, hello everybody and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. This podcast today is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Alright, we have got a lot of things to talk about. This week is finally here. The National Hockey League's teams, including the Islanders, have all set their rosters for the play-in round of the playoffs. They have gotten their last practices in at team facilities. And the Islanders will now be heading up to the bubble in Toronto to get their playoff roster their playoff roster is set and to prepare. They'll have an exhibition game Wednesday night against the Rangers and then on August 1st begin their playoff series against the Florida Panthers. We will break down the roster for you today and talk a little bit about that and the decisions that the Islanders made. We will have uh, our Islanders birthday of the day, and it's particularly appropriate because it's a player that went from the Panthers to the Islanders, and we will have part one of our in-depth three-part preview of this playoff series when we're joined by Ross Levitan of Locked on Panthers, he will be breaking down this matchup with me as we go in depth uh, on this playoff situation. All right, so if you have a question, a comment, something that's on your mind that's Islanders related, please feel free to send us an email. Islanders at gmail.com is the address. Leave us your name, where you're from. We're happy to mention you on the air. When we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind, you could follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRvSNYI. We'll keep you up to date with all the latest news and happenings concerning the New York Islanders. I, right, the Islanders, have finalized their roster for the first round of the playoffs, and. A lot of details coming in. Here's what it's looking like right now. The Islanders forwards. Uh, and this is all up on the Islanders' official website. Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Bevilier, Derek Brassard, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Michael Dalcol, Jordan Eberle, Ross Johnston, Otto Koivula, Leo Kamarov, Tom Cunackle. Andrew Ladd, Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Brock Nelson, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. That means that both Bellows and Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, Oliver Wallstrom, the two high, you know, former first-round picks, highly regarded prospects, not making the trip to Toronto, not a part of the Islanders' roster going forward. Meanwhile, defensemen, again, this list is alphabetical, Sebastian Aho, Johnny Boychuk, Noah Dobson, Andy Green, Thomas Hickey, Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, Devon Taze, and then uh, goaltender-wise, Chris Gibson, Tomas Grice, Simeon Varlamov. Those are the players that are making the trip. Add to that list. As far as players making the trip, uh, you have to add Ilya Sorokin. He will not count against the uh, team's roster limit, and he's not eligible to play. But according to the latest updates, he has passed all his COVID-19 tests so far, and he will be joining the team in Toronto as soon as that is possible. But the Islanders adding they don't want to discuss him anymore after today. They want to focus on what's happening on the ice with the players who are eligible to appear on the ice. So that is, in, in a sense, not a shock. Sorokin apparently will wear number 31. Hopefully someone got permission from Billy Smith for him to wear that number Look, he's not appearing in a game, so just giving him that roster number is not a big deal, and certainly that may change before the start of next season when he actually appears officially in an Islanders game. So, the younger players not going to make the uh, roster, can't say that is a, a complete shock, and... That's the way the Islanders have decided to go with things. And again, you know, Barry Trotz tends to trust his veterans a little bit more and you know, that's why the younger players or the or inexperienced players are the one who, you know, are the ones who are not included in this lineup. So, you know, Hutton didn't make it among the defensemen. He this is his first year as a pro. Jakob Skarek uh, not making it as a goaltender, not making the trip. Everyone else, however, is heading out. So, no Bellows, no Wallstrom, no Hutton, no Skarek, but the rest of the Islanders getting out there and heading to Toronto as they get ready to begin their series against the Florida Panthers. And it should be needless to say, a a very exciting uh, series, and, you know, look, the Panthers haven't won a playoff series since 1996, the Islanders have won two playoff series since 1993, the time has come for the Islanders to head up, you know, they're in Toronto, by the time you listen to this podcast, and everything begins as we prepare for the playoff series that is to come. And if you want to prepare your car for whatever is to come, check out rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and they are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it does not require membership or an account logon. They have been serving the auto parts customer for more than 20 years, and you can choose from auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet for your car or truck, and you can get everything you need in a few clicks delivered directly to your door, and that's big during this difficult time. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, time for our Islanders birthday of the day, and as I mentioned, it's a player who fittingly was traded from the Florida Panthers to the New York Islanders as part of the Roberto Luongo deal back in 2000. I'm talking about Oleg Kavasha, who turned 42 yesterday on Sunday. So happy belated birthday to the Moscow native Oleg Kavasha. Third round pick of the Panthers back in 1996. Was with the Islanders from 2000-2001 through the 2005-2006 season when he was traded to the then Phoenix Coyotes midway through the campaign. Best statistical season for Kavasha came in 2003-2004, 15 goals, 51 points, and a plus-four plus-minus rating also appeared in the playoffs for the Islanders in 2002 2003 and 2004. We're going to go back and look at one of his better offensive games for the Islanders, February 11th, 2004, at the American Airlines Arena down in Dallas. The Dallas Stars and the New York Islanders. Garth Snow was actually the goalie for the New York Islanders, going up against Marty Turco for Dallas. And it was the Stars getting on the board first late in the first period. Philippe Boucher got his fifth from Jason Arnott and David Oliver at 15.02. After 20 minutes, Stars won, Islanders nothing. But the Islanders got back into the game early in the second period as Aaron Ascham banged home his ninth from Marius Tchaikovsky and Oleg Kavasha at 2.02. Islanders won, Stars won. Dallas took the lead back at 8.55 on Oliver's sixth goal of the season. Stu Barnes and Don Sweeney get the helpers, but the Islanders answer back at 14.11 of period two as Marius Tchaikovsky got his 18th assist to Trent Hunter and Oleg Kavasha. After 40 minutes, the game was tied at two apiece. In the third period, Oleg Kavasha gets his 12th of the season, Trent Hunter with the assist, and the Islanders grabbed a 3-2 lead. But, unfortunately for the Islanders, Garth Snow called for delay of game at 13:31, and former Islander Pierre Turgeon makes them pay. Turgeon gets his sixth from future Islander Bill Guerin and former Ranger Sergei Zubov at 14:42, and the game was all tied at three apiece. But, the Islanders scored late at 18 13 of the third. Trent Hunter gets his 20th goal of the season. Oleg Kavasha, another helper, along with Mariusz Tchaikovsky, 4 3 Islanders, but with less than seven seconds left. Bill Guerin ties the game with his 23rd of the year from Letnin and Turzhan at 1953. Final score in this one Islanders 4 Dallas Stars for Oleg Kavasha, by far the offensive star of the game, with one goal and three assists. He was also a plus three. Marius Mariusz Tchaikovsky, a goal and two assists. He led all Islanders players in this one with a plus four as far as shots on goal were concerned. Tchaikovsky and Kavasha each had four to tie for the team lead. And Garth Snow made 31 saves in uh, this tie game. Islanders outshot 35 to 23, but Snow's goaltending manages to keep things all even. So, a four point night for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Oleg Kavasha. He turned 42 yesterday. Happy birthday to Oleg Kavasha, the perfect candidate for our birthday of the day. Again, Went from the Panthers to the Islanders, and uh, hopefully the Islanders will keep being successful against the Panthers in this year's playoffs. Coming up, we will have part one of our three-part in-depth preview of the playoff series against the Panthers, something that should be really, really good as I'm joined by Ross Levitan, who is covering the Panthers for the Locked On Podcast Network in the playoffs okay Gil Martin joined now by Ross Levitan who's going to help us break down the Florida Panthers and Ross great to have you here today
1: hey thanks Jill pleasure to be here always exciting times as we're getting inching closer to August 1st man you must be excited your Islanders sneaking in the back door of the postseason too
0: yeah I mean uh after the fast start to the season they kind of barely eked their way in but look, it's, it's been almost four months and everybody's eager to get hockey back and start it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How, how much concern, if any, since you mentioned the long layoff with the fact that since the, the trade deadline, they hadn't won a game. I think it was Oh, three and four, something like that. But is that any concern or it's, it's been so long ago, you think that's water under the bridge?
0: Yeah, I, I think the break really helped the Islanders in that sense, because you know they get to start all over again. They get some players healthy again. Some key guys who were out of the lineup, and and it gives them a chance to regroup and and try to get back to the winning ways they had in October and November. W- what are your thoughts about the layoff of the Panthers? How did that affect them?
1: I think that they'll be fine. They they've got so much experience in that locker room, and they added a lot last summer as well, bringing in some some guys with some hefty playoff resumes. You think Anton strahlman Brian Boyle, they already had a good veteran presence on the back end and Keith Yandel, a few other veterans. I think they're really going to steer the ship properly. Um, what, what it comes down to, to the Panthers is Sergei Bobrovsky. Are we going to get the, the Bobrovsky that swept Tampa last year and had a really good run with Columbus? Or are we getting the guy who had a four and 15 record in his previous playoffs dating back almost 10 years? So I think that's the biggest thing for the Panthers uh, layoff or not. It's, it's what's going on between the pipes and I mean, with the Islanders, they've got two guys. Um, is it clear-cut who's going to start game one yet for the Isles?
0: Well, Bar- Barry Trotz more or less said that, you know, he's going to play both goalies in training camp and and see who's the hot hand. For the first 37 games of the season, you know, both Varlamov and Grice alternated game, you know, one game each. Uh, like in then, Peewee's. What was that? Like in Peewee. Yeah, like in Peewee. So. In the end, Varlamov ended up starting more of the games after the first 37. I, I think, you know, Grice was key to to last year's playoff success. He was a key to beating the Panthers back in 2016. Quite honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them gets the nod, but I think Varlamov will probably get the first chance uh, at starting when the series opens up.
1: And we're hearing a lot from across the National Hockey League that the leashes will be short in a five-game series. Coaches won't be scared to go to their backups. I don't think that's the case with Florida. I think they live and die with the goalie they signed to an $80 million contract, right? You kind of have to at that point, Chris Drieger, a nice story when Bobrovsky was off his game earlier this year. He's kind he's a guy who played in the East coast league, just down the road where I am down in Brampton uh, just two years ago. So uh, talk about a rise to being a backup goalie, but I don't think we're seeing that same situation with Florida. It's going to be Bobrovsky uh, for better or worse.
0: I agree with you, but I mean, to me, the question is this, you know, you look at his numbers this year, a three-two-three goals against a 900-save percentage. Those are not typical Sergei Bobrovsky numbers. W- what what was the problem for him? Was it that the team just didn't play enough defense in front of him? Or was there something he was either injured or not doing right that caused his numbers to suffer this year?
1: You know what? There are a few situations where he would get uh, maybe two goals against him in the first 10 minutes of a game, and it would it would mentally seem to affect him. And I don't know if it's adjusting to how his new – players play in front of him right uh, torts in columbus who he was playing under over the last few years he really likes his defense to collapse to the net and block shots and um make it hard for the puck to even get to the goalie let alone further back whereas the panthers play a bit more of an up-tempo style and with that you're gonna have odd man rushes the other way so bobrovsky would have to adjust a little bit of his style of play to that i, I think yeah it was just more frustration Uh, that you'd see from him early on in games. But you mentioned how the numbers weren't there as they typically are. You can go all the way back to his rookie season, and he alternates from having a really good year to an average year to really good, to good, to really good. And the trend goes through all 10 years of his career. So in that case, you talk about such a long pause. Is this almost like a brand new season for Sergei Bobrovsky? And I think that's what Panthers
0: fans are hoping for. How much do you think this layoff will affect goalies? I mean, to me, goaltenders—you you have to have your timing down, and you could practice all you want during the layoff, and you could you could have your training camp practices and scrimmages. But there's nothing like a live game. How how much of a of a difference will not playing for four months or so affect these goaltenders on both teams?
1: Well, I advise them to stay away from the media because I'm sure everyone uh, will be all over them in a hurry even um, I'm in Toronto right now so we hear a lot from the Leafs and uh, Frederick Anderson had two bad scrimmages against his team and fans were saying well uh, Jack Campbell is he the guy like what's going on so um, the overreactions will be easy and often uh, for us but I think if you're a goaltender it's just about getting comfortable and it's easier said than done sure but you just have to trust your instincts. This is something these guys are obviously elite at if, just to make it to the NHL level. So uh, for them, and, and a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky, you don't become the second highest paid goalie in the National Hockey League for no reason. He's going to have to rely on how he got there. And Varlamov the same. This guy's a veteran. Grice has been around for a while. Those guys have excelled under Trotz's system and just the defensive style the Islanders have been known for in the past, even, even before Trotz to an extent. So I, I think that... As the playoffs go on, I think the goals will be fewer and further between. But at the start, I mean, I know I'm going to be hammering the overs for most every series for the first couple of games.
0: Joel Quenville, a great coach. Three Stanley Cup wins with Chicago. Successful uh, everywhere he's coached in this league. What do you expect from him? Do you think the Panthers will be changing their – philosophy their style of play you you talked about it being wide open during most of the regular season do they tighten up and play more of a defensive oriented system in the playoffs
1: i think their bottom six can but the guys who they have at the top end of the lineup you don't want to ruin what they have offensively just maybe to allow one less goal like i'm thinking of a guy like mike hoffman he led the panthers actually led this entire series uh, in goal scoring um, through the regular season with 29, so on pace to well go over 30. We know he has a playoff track record. This guy was a human highlight reel in 2017, scoring big goals Um, on Ottawa's route to uh, double overtime game seven of the conference finals. So I think, especially for him, just like so offensive, you don't want to really hamper too much defensively you have to allow um, the third fourth liners and for me an x-factor in the series I think we'll get into it on both sides a little bit later on but is Nola Chari, who's the third line center really exploded offensively this season so if other Panthers can take that mold where yeah you're you're responsible in your own end but you still are able to take a chance here and there I think that's what's going to allow them to be successful I almost have the same question to you because you look at the goal scores I mentioned Hoffman with 29 well Five Panthers had 20 or more goals, only two on the Islanders. Brock Nelson with 26, Anders Lee with 20. How concerning is that, knowing that usually it's the depth guys come playoff time that make an impact? Do you think that the guys they picked up at the deadline, most namely Jean-Gabriel Pajot, that they're going to have to be guys that step up offensively in this series?
0: The Islanders will be counting on Pajot. And you know, if you if you count the goals he scored in Ottawa, he would be the third 20 goal scorer in this True. Islanders lineup. But yeah, I mean, they need him to come through. The third line offensively has not produced for the Islanders all season. There's been no consistent offense coming from that trio, and they've tried a lot of different combinations there. They trade for Pajot at the deadline, sign him to a long-term deal. They are counting on him to provide some offensive spark on that third line. Because look, let, let let's face it, you look at the Islanders statistically this season, you know, they are in the bottom third offensively. They are 24th in the league in goals scored. They struggle to score. You know, they're going to need Pajot. Now he had a goal in each of his first two games with the Islanders and a fight then, too,
1: if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. And then crickets, nothing after that. So yeah. uh, they, they need him to come through and, and at least be close to the guy productive production wise that he was this year with Ottawa.
1: Yeah. Thing with that, with, with Pajot is he was given such an elevated role. I think if you go around the league, you'd be shocked to find any scout, even the ones who love Pajot the most to say he's a top line even a top six center. I think in a perfect world, he is one of the best third line centers in the National Hockey League. Responsible defensively, he'll be on your first PK unit. Really, I think if Barry Trotz could could mold a player however he wanted, it would look a lot like Jean-Gabriel Pajot. So coaches love him, but I I think considering him to be a 60 point guy, I just don't think it's realistic. The one year um this year, of course, he's playing with Duclair who is so hot coming out of the gate. He really struggled Um, through after the All-Star game where where he was actually named to the team. But with Pajot, last year he spent a a fair bit of time, especially on the power play with Mark Stone. And we've seen over the years, whoever played with Mark Stone had their numbers elevated. Even Zach Smith scored 26 goals playing alongside him. So I think we we have to be worried about his offensive um, kind of prowess, although he's known to chip chip in in big games too. Uh, A couple playoff hat-tricks to his name. Whereas Matthew Barzell is going to be making his playoff debut. And how much do you think insulating Barzell? And I think one of the numbers that jumped out to me when I was looking at the Islanders is Barzal's faceoff percentage is down almost at 40%. So could we see a lot of situations maybe where he lines up on the wing faceoffs and then plays the middle of the ice? And are you expecting a big series out
0: of uh, Matthew Barzell? Uh, The the Islanders need a big series from Matthew Barzal. As far as face-offs go, he is definitely their weak link statistically. But they do have three solid face-off guys in Brock Nelson, uh, Pajot, and then Casey Sezikis. All three of those guys are well over 50%. Yeah, even
1: Broussard, too. Really good face-off guy. Yes,
0: yes. So it wouldn't surprise me... Uh, to see possibly uh, two two centers out there at least for draws or important draws when Barzal is on the ice, and then maybe have the other guy take the take the face off, and then maybe even head off the ice if need be. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, definitely Barzal is a uh, you know his his one of the weaknesses of his game right now is in the face off circle. Maybe down the line, if he gets a little stronger as he finally does mature. Uh, this may be an area he gets better at, but right now it is a hole in his Yeah, game. I
1: just I just look, it's such a tough matchup for him. So I'm thinking maybe if they sneak him on the wing or for a couple of shifts, they could get him away from Barkov, one of the best two-way forwards in the league. Um, I think that he's going to be a tough matchup. Whoever on the Islanders has to go head-to-head. So I'd almost prefer the the experience of Pajot or even Derek Broussard. I saw the two of them are actually skating on the same line which is neat to uh to Gatineau Ontario or Gatineau Quebec natives just across the street from where uh, where I grew up so um two guys also with playoff experience that I mean shutting down Barkov and and Huberto is going to be a tough test for anyone I think the Islanders they're probably looking at it more as using um by committee to to slow down this Panthers attack because man that's where they can hurt you this team was sixth in the NHL in goals for I mentioned all the 20 goal scorers and like, did do they have a, a particular shutdown pair? I know they've got that fourth line that uh, has been together off and on. I mean, Martin left and then came back, but they love that Martin, Sezikis, Clutterbuck line. Are they going to get lots of minutes this series, or are they just going to be out there every once in a while to bang bodies?
0: I think they'll see more minutes than your typical fourth line does. They, they'll they start a lot of games to set the tone. I like and that. I think, and Especially they Especially at the
1: Coliseum.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They, they will be out there uh, as a checking line because look, all three of these guys are good defensively. They are good on the four check. They will bang bodies, but they're also all experienced. you know None of these guys are uh, green as far as the playoffs are concerned. I, I think that you could put Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck out there and, and have a pretty good chance of, of playing solid defensively. I guess the issue would be whether or not these three guys can keep up with some of the speedier players in the Florida lineup. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on Islanders. Now have your smart device play the most recent episode of locked on NHL for a national perspective on the national hockey league. Have a great day, everybody. Remember we are now one day closer. And in fact, very close to the return of Islanders hockey Don't forget, part two of our three-part preview with Ross Levitan of this Islanders-Panthers playoff series comes tomorrow, and it's an in-depth preview, as you could tell. Stay safe, everyone, and of course, let's go Islanders!